The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Zechitzadik Levracha, lived, and I'm sure many of you have been to his apartment, Rechav Rashbam. It's a very small apartment. I don't know how many bedrooms, but it's like it, the kitchen is like the size of this table, basically. And, the, uh, you know, and he has a sarum room. And then there's like, I don't know, he has a bedroom on one side, maybe there's one or two bedrooms on the other. So that's nice if you're like a newlywed couple, you know, to have a nice little studio apartment that's cute. But like when you're raising, I don't know how many kids he has, he has a lot of kids. He's raising kids and then, and then married kids were coming over and grandchildren. So it's, it gets pretty tight. You know, if you have a family, let's say, of this size and we're in, a, in, a, you know, in an apartment this big, it's, it's, it's pretty tight. And when he was getting more known, and he became like the up-and-coming, you know, Prince of Tyra, so there were Balabatim, there were wealthy Balabatim who approached him and said, listen, says, we want to buy you a brand new Dira villa that's like three times the size of this. Not far, we'll find a place in B'nai Brak, a couple of blocks away, we're going to get you a Dira that, that's suitable for you. So, um... He thought about it. It sounded good. You know, you get three times the amount of bedrooms and you get a bigger kitchen and a couple of more bathrooms. What could be bad? It's a beautiful thing. Balabatim want to buy it for me. It sounds good. He said no. I'm sure he consulted with his wife first, but he said no. Thank you, but no thank you. They said, why? What's the downside? So I'll tell you what the downside is. He says, there are countless avrechim b'nei brak. Countless Kyle guys, Kyle families, Tyradika families, and they have the same amount of children as I, maybe a little bit more, maybe a, maybe a little less. And they're living in also in cramped quarters similar to mine. But every time things get really tight and the wife is moaning and groaning and saying, we need a bigger apartment, we need a bigger dira, what do they say? Chaim Kanievsky lives in this size dira. He's not complaining. He's able to be the God of Managadar. He has thousands of people walking through his apartment every, you know, every day. If he could do it, we could do it. And then they go back to sleep and you know, everything is good until you know, the next time. But the second that I get a bigger dira, second that I get a villa, suddenly every single Kailal family is going to say, it's too tight, we can't live here anymore. Everyone is going to start getting restless in their little abode because the Kanievskis have now moved into a bigger... As long as we're, we're in, in, in our little space... Everybody could live. But the second that we, we have to like, get bigger, now everybody's going to immediately feel bad. And I can't do that to people. I want to end with a story that, um, that happened in a yeshiva, not our yeshiva, but a different yeshiva, that there was a, a shear, I think it was a 12th grade shear, and in many high schools in 12th grade, uh, the Talmidim start giving chaburas. And sometimes in our yeshiva, we have chaburas. So if, let's say we have a group of, let's say, ten guys, and we're all, we want to make up our own chidushim. And once a week, let's say every Thursday, you know, one Thursday, I'll give a shir, I'll give my chaburah of a chidush that I came up with on the sugya that we're learning, and the next, next Thursday you'll give it, and the next Thursday he'll give it. And it goes around, and it, it's a rotation. It's a beautiful thing. It's great to be able to work on a sugya well and be mechadish something. There's nothing more beautiful in the life of a ben than being completely immersed and steeped in a sugya, and you have to give the shir. You're the rabbi now. You're going to be coming up with a chiddush. It's a beautiful thing. And in this 12th grade, they did something else. They said that fathers 
should come. Meaning, so if I'm giving a Chaburah this week, if it's my Chaburah, so my father would be invited to come and, and listen and get some Nachas. Now, one of the boys in the yeshiva, in the shir, his name was Aaron. And Aaron's father, Aaron was a wonderful bacher himself, Aaron's father was a rebbe in the yeshiva that he was a Talmud in. So it wasn't even like, he didn't have to take off a day from work. He didn't have to, you know, fly anywhere. It wasn't, it was mamish, he was down the hall. And when it was Aaron's turn to give a chabura, so, you know, he didn't, his father wasn't asked to come into the chabura. Everyone else's father, you know, up until that point did come. But Aaron's father did not, was not asked to come. And the rabbi thought it was like very strange. The guy is down the hall. For crying out loud, he could probably by recess come, come into the show. He's not, Aaron didn't ask his father to come. Strange. So he didn't know, he didn't ask. He, he figured he has his reasons and he didn't get into it. What happened was that a couple of weeks later, it's Aaron's chavrusa's turn to give a chabura. And the day before he gave a chabura, he asked the Rebbe, if it would be okay if my mother comes in to give the chat when I'm giving my chabura. So that's true. Why would your mother come in? Anyway, it comes out, and nobody knew this except for very few people, including Aaron, that his father had suddenly, like very abruptly, gone off the derech, and they got divorced, chick-chock, and the father was like out of the picture, and the mother was the only one at home, and he wanted his mother to be at, you know, give her a little nachas at this very trying time in her life, and give her nachas, and so he invited the mother to come. He wanted to know if his mother came, and of course the mother came. But then it clicked in the Rebbe's head, the sensitivity of Aaron, that Aaron knew this was going on, and Aaron didn't want that this, his friend should feel bad that his father came to his chabura and that Aaron, and that the Chavrusa's father would not be able to. So he was mevater on his own covet and his own father's nachas and giving his father that because he didn't want to hurt somebody else. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about living our lives not just for ourselves and not just for what works for me and what's going to make me look good and what's going to make me feel good and what's going to give me the most amount of covet but that every single decision that we make in life, every move that we do is always through the filter and through the prism of how is this going to affect somebody else? That's the sensitivity of a God will be so. Chaim Kanievsky wasn't a Chaim Kanievsky just because he knew Kalatari Kula about that. He was a Chaim Kanievsky because he, took, he had an opportunity to get a villa in real life. Here's a villa. Go, take it. No, I can't. That's a real life story. That's not a, that's not a little story. That's a huge story. That's a million, two million dollar villa that he turned down. Why? Because he, he was looking at the chamar. I'm, if I'm the Shah, I gotta worry about the chamar. And there's thousands of chamarim, and I don't mean that in a negative way, in B'nai Brak that are looking at this Shah, and they're gonna feel bad if I do that. I can't do that. So he deprived himself of something great. This isn't about posting something. So this is about actually making a decision not to take it. Also that the people around me are not going to react in a negative way. They're not going to feel bad. I'm not going to invite my father to, when I give a chabur, because my chabrusa's father is not in the picture and he's going to feel bad. That's an amazing madrega. We could all attain those madregas if we try. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.